the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, wow, we got this absolutely fantastic show again, like always. And uh, the topic tonight, Noah, is I'm telling you, the importance of intergenerational relationships. And a lot of times, Noah, I don't know uh, if your kids or, or <laughs> uh, sometimes think that you're the old man. Oh, they most often think <laughs> I'm the old man. The old man, and they saying that we can't uh, relate anymore uh, because uh, uh, we are aging in time. You know, so <laughs> they're just, most famous for saying they'll pick a, they'll pick a topic. They're like, "Dad, it's not like it was in the 1910s." I'm like, "I'm not that old." <laughs> but you know what, man? It's uh. It's great that uh, we have the generations uh, to be able to communicate with each other. Uh, I mean, it's a whole new language out there now. It really is, really is. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, me being a, a extremely old guy. Oh, I don't buy that. <laughs> you know, but I try to be cool uh, at times. And, uh, and, you got to uh, try, man. You're very cool. And we got this young lady over here laughing at me right now, you know, and she's sitting in front. And then we got Rachel. Uh, she's on there. I mean, you know, both of those, those young ladies are uh, in different uh, generationals. I mean, I guess uh, uh, if we had to label that, uh, <laughs> we got Desi in generation uh I'm a millennial. Uh, one. <laughs> yeah. oh, we call them millennial. And, uh, I, I, what are you and I, JC? Just generation old, I guess, right? Well, <laughs> I tell you, Noah, you're not old. You, you are, uh, I can't say you're a baby boomer. Oh, uh, I'm definitely not. Uh, I am. Uh, but I'm right behind you, is what we'll call that. <laughs> yeah, and, and then we, we, we got Rachel, uh, on, and I, I think she's, uh, I wouldn't say that uh, she's nowhere near baby boomer either. She's in the same generation that that you are. So my point is, we got three generations right here, <laughs> and uh, me and Michelle, Michelle. Okay, she's looking at me like I'm not a baby boomer either. <laughs> not, not Careful, yet. JC. Careful. <laughs> you know, so uh, I just want to say that this this topic that we're going to talk about tonight is so important, uh, and I believe that uh, communications among the different generations are so important. But I think that we need to continue to kind of speak the same language uh, <laughs> to all generations uh, so that we all can communicate. You know, so how are you doing today, my friend? Well, the fact that I got to have a late lunch with one of my favorite people in the world, you may even know the person, at, the people, actually, uh, started uh, the end of my day off in, in the most perfect way, and now I'm seeing that same person smiling face across the glass. Man, I'm doing well. Man, I tell you, man, it was an absolutely uh, pleasure that uh, we had an opportunity to... uh been planning for that for a while, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, to uh, have dinner uh, prior to the show with you and your beautiful young lady. I hope uh, she's listening. And uh, I hope she's listening, too. And I hope that uh, if she got an opportunity, she will call in. What's that beautiful lady name, Michelle? Cammy. Well, say it again. Cammy. Say it one more time. K-A-M-I. <laughs> hey, Cammy. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. now you have to call in. You have to. I tell you, I tell you, I, I want to get this going because I want to introduce these two absolutely fantastic guests. And also... 
to delve into uh, this great topic that we're going to talk about. So um, before I do this, I, I, I know you know I get in trouble if I don't ask my fantastic uh, co-host how she's doing. Exactly. And if you're not going to bring it up, I'm going to remind you, most important part of the show. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I, doing great, actually. It's an absolute pleasure being able to see you after you unlock yourself away all day. I got to work. <laughs> got to work. <laughs> Somebody got to work. So uh, i tell you. Michelle, can you please tell our listening audience what's the title of today's show? The title of today's show is The Importance of Intergenerational Relationships. Can you tell our audience what's the purpose? The purpose of the show is getting to know the background of advocate, speaker, mental health equity champion, community builder, social activist, Desi Carson, and getting to know the background of change management expert, employee relations, diversity, equity, and inclusion leader, Rachel Rudo. And I forgive me for mispronouncing your last name, Munyard Rodzi. Oh gosh. Ross. Monday. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey Rachel, I didn't I that wasn't me that time. <laughs> you know how we <laughs> You got it right. You got it right. <laughs> you know, I tell you. But Shia, can you please read the bios uh most of the bios of both of these young ladies and we're gonna get this show started. Yes. Desi. Desi Carson's journey into inclusion, diversity, equity, access, and social justice work formally began in middle school when volunteerism and numerous community programs became a central part of her life. From local food drives to teaching soccer to special needs students, she consistently saw the need for more hope, compassion, kindness, and love in the world. Desi holds the position of Director of Programs and Partnerships at Ideas Generation, as well as the title of Business Manager for Psychotherapy. As Ideas Generation, Desi leads the design and implementation of the organization's leadership and community development programs designed to connect, support, and elevate the next generation of ideas leaders. She also spearheads the organization's efforts to forge mutually beneficial partnerships with other ideas-minded leaders and organizations to scale collective impact. Rachel. Rachel's a change management expert, seamlessly engineering transformational changes, working with C-suite executives and companies and nonprofits, dedicating more than two decades to helping executives and teams transform their challenges into opportunities for extraordinary growth and performance. Primarily focused on bringing companies from chaos to clarity, Rachel believes that change is inevitable and thriving is a choice. She believes that change comes from by utilizing the four E's, empathy, encouragement, education, leading to empowerment. She advises and coaches senior executives in private and nonprofit organizations. She believes that investing in people from leadership down will create a thriving business. The James Cooley Show at Your Life welcomes back again Desi and Rachel. I want to welcome both of you all back to the show. And uh, I tell you, uh, Desi, you you just uh, uh, almost a permanent fixture on the show. <laughs> In a beam of light. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Rachel, you've been on the show a couple of times. It's an absolute pleasure having both of you all back on. I tell you what, I want to ask at least uh, one question to both of you all. So you got one minute to answer it uh, before we go to the break. And uh, I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 Facebook audience, uh, we're having problems uh, connecting right now. But uh, I tell you... Uh, Desi, you was, just like I mentioned you previously on the show, and our listeners, they love you. Or can you tell them just a little bit, just a little bit about your profession? We'll we get off into detail about that in a minute. Yeah, of course. So comes to twofold. So on one end, I'm a mental health advocate, and I do a lot of mental health teaching and certifications uh, with psychotherapy. And then uh, with Ideas Generation, we basically work to support emerging leaders in the DEI idea space and help affect positive change in the world, make it a better place for everyone in their workplaces and in their personal lives. What about you, uh, 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 Rachel, real quickly? So I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. I work with a lot of organizations to help them um, create and implement their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies within their organization. Wow. I tell you, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. And uh, we're going to delve into a lot more of these two young ladies. And if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 It's your life from James Cooley. 
We'll see you shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we got these two absolutely fantastic guests uh, that uh, we just had to Introduce just a little bit about them, uh, but now I want to really uh, delve off into uh, who they are, and uh, we want to talk about uh, intergenerational. I mean, I'm talking about how that is, the importance of it, and the relationships, or why it's so important that we have this. And um, I, I want to start uh, back with uh, both of you all, uh, but uh, first of all, you, uh, Desi. Me. Yes. Hello. How, <laughs> how has the bootstraps? Narrated shifts from from you and also you, Rachel. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask uh, Desi first as it uh, relate to uh, going through life uh, with the different type of relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that I was pretty much raised on a bootstrap narrative, and bootstrap meaning pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just get things done. And part of that is contributed to by both of my parents are in the military, and so they're both very much raised with like strict this is how you just get things done and no excuses and keep it going um which i i don't think is a is a bad thing but i've had to redefine what that is in my life in order to make sure that i don't have any shame or feelings of worthlessness associated when i don't meet certain standards that i might have for myself um whether that's imposed by myself or by others or by systems or things like that so I really had to redefine what that bootstrap means and what pulling myself up means and also what it means to let myself rest and to be okay with that. Well, what about you, Rachel? Same question. So for me, it comes from education, being an African and being told that, you know, if you get an education, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can be, do, and have whatever you want to be. And I, I, I also believed that narrative, but then you get into corporate America and you realize that as a black woman, there's a ceiling. So I'm pulling myself as much up as I can and I'm just hitting a ceiling. And you realize that the, the narrative that you've been told doesn't apply to everyone. So it was education, yes, I got it, but then there's a ceiling that I hit as a black woman 
working in corporate America. Pay equity, things like that. So, you know, the point, the title of tonight's show is the importance of intergenerational relationships. Can you explain to our audience what intergenerational relationships actually means? Uh, let's start with you, Desi. Yeah, for me, intergenerational relationships means that I need to be open. I need to have my heart open and my ears open when it comes to listening to wisdom that you could get from any generation. Because oftentimes uh, wisdom is only associated with older folks. And we know that that's not necessarily true. And I think it's easy as a younger person to say, well, you can't teach me anything (laughs) after a certain point. And that's not true either. So we need to make sure that we have our ears to the ground in a really healthy, open way. What about you, Rachel? Um, exactly what Desi said, but to give a more specific example, you have a, a CEO of an organization. I'll talk about an organization that I work for that is the CEO. He did not even know how to use his phone, okay, his Apple iPhone. He needed help with everything. So he may have been the founder, the president, and the CEO, but he needed the younger generation. He would say the kids today are born cable ready because to him, the telephone was like cable, right? So um, even though he had all the experience and the money and, and everything, he could not operate a simple iPhone. And someone, yep, my 13-year-old son could help him navigate through that. So just those simple things where there's no big eyes and no use. We say that in church, but it also applies to life. There's no... I'm bigger than you and you're little. No big guys and little yous. We can all live and learn from each other. Wow. So, you know, um, storytelling, it's very important in intergenerational work. Um, Rachel, can you kind of go into why storytelling is important and also understanding generational intelligence? Yes, absolutely. So, an example would be Desi and my relationship, right? She is a millennial and I'm from Generation X. So I have certain behaviors that I bring when I go to work that are programmed from the time that I grew up and that I was raised. And Desi has certain behaviors that she brings to the workforce that are programmed by the generation that she's grown up in. I look and I at, at Desi and I admire her boldness. But for example, you know, Michelle, you said my hair looks nice today. As a black woman, I, growing up in, in corporate America, did not, I wore my hair straight. I was trying to make my hair as wide as possible, what was accepted. So relaxed hair, straight. I never would do anything that would be deemed um, not professional, right? And look at Desi's hair, Right. So um, the Crown Act, for example, I think Desi told me about the Crown Act. She's taught me to learn and love my natural hair. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to live up to a standard that was created by people. My hair will never be bone straight. But every single time I go to work trying to fit in, trying to make my hair bone straight. So these days, I'll wear it curly, I'll wear it long one day, I'll wear braids. And so those are examples of why the stories are important. Because I can explain to Dizzy why I'm so wound up tight. It's because of how I grew up. And she can also help me to loosen up. So that's the importance of storytelling because we exchange stories and we can understand each other and help each other as we progress. And for both of you, just thank you for joining the show. This is producer Noah. Desi, it's good to see you again. And Rachel, it's nice to to meet you. Good to see you, Noah. Well, how can we honor, let's start with you, Desi. How can we honor, integrate, and make different spaces? I think this is pretty important for the different types of generational intelligence. Yeah, first of all is how can we make those spaces for everyone, period, for any type of identity that anyone 
can hold. If it's not inclusive, it's not inclusive, period. And so we need to make sure that we are opening spaces for people's different identities, different ages, and that we're having opportunities for people to truly listen to each other and give input. And that's Imagine, key, isn't it? Yeah, that's key. Imagine you're on a project and the loudest person in the room is the youngest person in the room. How do we make sure we're calling in other people to be stakeholders and decision makers um, and help co-create those spaces that are inclusive because that's really the secret it's not just what can i do it's what can we do together to make us all feel really comfortable and learn from each other in a way that honors the oral tradition of storytelling historically if you think about griots or anyone in any cultural history we learn by storytelling we learn by sitting down having these spaces where we just be quiet and listen. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and I think if we would listen more, we would all we all of us from every age range. We we'd all learn a lot, wouldn't we? So much. We would learn too much. And there is this concept in um, a lot of cultures about cyclical time versus linear time. And part of understanding that cyclical time is understanding the patterns and repeated things that happen uh, through the course of history. And the way that we don't have a short memory when it comes to history is by listening and learning from older generations all the time. I love that. Rachel, what about you? Are there ways specifically that you can see us, how we can honor and integrate and also make these spaces for these different types of generations? Um, Change. Um, Change is inevitable and thriving is a choice is something that I always say. And I find that um, the younger generations are very innovative. They come up with new ways to make things faster, more efficient. So, again, it's an exchange. It's listening. Back to what I said, no big eyes and little you. Everybody has something that they can bring to, a table, to the table and listening to each other. Listening is very key. I'm glad that you reiterated that. I know Desi said the same thing as well. We all hear, but sometimes we really don't listen, do we? No, we don't. You know, <laughs> Rachel, I'm, I'm going to stick with you. And uh, you just hit on something, listening. You know, can can you tell our listening audience why our intergeneration relationship is so key uh, to us uh, uh, understanding each other and not just having short-term memory until like you, I mean, when, when you become old, older like myself, uh, sometimes uh, we forget things. Uh, Noah is in there laughing. We forget things a lot faster. But if you're able to communicate and have those relationships uh, with the, the other generation and generations to come, why is that important that... Uh, uh, we grow from that, we learn from that, and we develop uh, the next generations. So I think it's important because, firstly, you realize that you're not in whatever situation or whatever journey you're going through alone. And I was born in Zimbabwe, grew up in Zimbabwe, came here for college. And Desi was born in America. But I am able to share with her experiences that I had in Zimbabwe because a lot of what people experience all over the world, we live in a global village. So the things that people experience here in America are not unique to America, right? So I'm able to share stories that I experienced in Zimbabwe and show Desi that it's bigger than what she's actually just seeing and experiencing here in San Diego. So going to to the global village, it's very important for us to share those stories because there's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of I'm not going through this alone. And there's also a sense of, hey, people came out of this, you know, I can get out of whatever it is that I'm going through and I can push forward to make sure that the generations to come don't go through what I'm experiencing now. So it seems like it's an exchange between two people or a group of people, but it's actually bigger than that. Wow, hold hold that thought. We've got to take a station break, but uh, you're on to something right there. And I tell you, listen, audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 344 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. 
I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I, I tell you, I'm just uh, uh, fascinated this uh uh, listening to Rachel response, uh, a last response, and uh, I'm gonna pick that up uh, shortly. But uh, I want uh, our listening audience to know that uh, this is uh, February is Black History Month, and I encourage everyone to learn something different every day, regardless of whether you're black, white, pink, gold, or purple. Learn something about. Uh, the different cultures. This month is Black History Month, uh, and um, and uh, Des, you were just saying something about you a part of an uh, email chain. Uh, can can you tell our listeners what you just said? Yeah, I'm signed up for this email chain called 28 Days of Black History, and so every day they send an email with some tidbit, some story, talk about storytelling. Right? They give a story related to Black history, and it's just so. And we were talking about the importance of sharing history and learning something from those that came before you, and that's what they're doing through that chain. And, and uh, that's what Rachel was saying, uh, well, but we had to take a break. And so uh, it, it is important uh, that we learn uh, something uh, from uh, history, black history, uh, all type of history, because I tell you, regardless what anybody might think, we're going to share this earth together. We are going to share this earth together and, uh, yeah, we have to share it together, JC. Uh, you know, I love history, always have. And that's, you know, Black History Month. There's so much that we can all learn about it. Like you said, every day. Didn't know this fact, just pulled it up as you were talking about this. In 2014, Ireland became the fourth country worldwide to celebrate Black History Month. Man, and I think it needs to be celebrated all around the world. I think it needs to be celebrated in every city, every state. And I think we must learn to love each other. All uh, of us. And not just look at the skin color or uh, the religious background or any of those type of things. We all serve, at least I believe, I do, the same God. <laughs> I mean, uh, regardless of what we might call them. But I uh, just wanted to say that and listen to this. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 
Um, let's start with you, Desi. All right, go for it. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> what are your thoughts on servant leadership and how it can show up in different, in the differently uh, type of identities, ways? Uh, just tell us what your thoughts on that. Yeah, so servant leadership, I think, is extremely important. And a key element of that is humility. So if you're not a leader who's not humble and willing to be like at the back of the line for the rest of your organization, then that doesn't sit well with most people. But that also really doesn't sit well with younger generations. So that's just what I'm going to say. Like the tolerance maybe for anything other than servant leadership, at least in the communities that I run in, is very, very low. (laughs) So we want to see someone who's willing to be in the trenches with us and willing to do the hard work and not someone that's put up on a pedestal and unreachable as a leader. And so that's what we're looking for. And that's what we want and need. I think that humanizes the leaders even more. Right. Wow. I like that. Rachel, I'm (laughs) waiting on you. I'm waiting on your response. Exactly what Desi said, but servant leadership is the ability to listen and to empathize as well. Um, empathy is very, very important in being a servant leader. So everything that, that Desi said, and knowing that you're in a position of leadership, not to further yourself, but to help other people advance and become better. So, Rachel, how does servant leadership um, look different between generations, in your opinion? How does servant leadership look different between generations? So, um... I will say, for example, with Desi, I'll keep referring to Desi and my relationship. Um, I was raised at a time where um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you get, you make it to the table, you don't rock the boat, right? You've made it to the table, so you don't. I would never stand up and say, hey, I want to come to work with my natural hair, right? Because I was sitting at the table and I was just fitting in. Um, Desi through her, first of all, through just being who she is, right, is allowing me to tap into a part of myself that I didn't even know that I had suppressed, if that makes sense. So by Desi just being herself and by Desi standing up for what she knows to be right, she's a little more vocal than I am because that generation is a lot more vocal than my generation, especially when it comes to people of color, black people, right? So I would be in a meeting, for example, with someone like Desi, and she would say something that I was thinking that I would never verbalize, right? Because that's how we were trained, to be seen but not heard. So in being who she is and in being, you know, vocal, she is being a servant leader and is giving me a voice, if that makes sense. I hope I answered your question, but... yes. It's reciprocal. I guess what I'm trying to say is this relationship, this exchange is reciprocal. It's not a one-way street where I'm always giving to her. It's reciprocal. I'm always learning. And a lot of times I learn from just observing. What I'd like to ask both of you, uh, I, I think sometimes we get stuck in our ways, whether it doesn't matter the generation, the younger generation, the older generation, um, we'll, we'll leave it, you know, just kind of, you know, black and white on, on those two, because there's obviously lots of in-betweens. So what strategies would you each employ? Rachel, we'll start with you to maybe help the communication between different generations in working better together. So one of the first strategies, I think one of the words that I used earlier on was empathy. So As a leader, I can't lead from my needs. I've got to lead from the needs of the the person who I'm working with if they're in a different generation. So um, I cannot approach Desi and expect to get an authentic relationship out of her if I am trying to meet her where I am at, right? Which is I am a mother of a 13-year-old, you know what I mean? So I can't. When I'm with Desi, I can't say, hey, meet me at the playground and we'll watch my son for some one-on-one time, right? I've got to I maybe come up. <laughs> <laughs> you would come. Yes, you would. But maybe let's go for happy hour. What is it that appeals to Desi? So 
it's not a, a, a top down approach, you know, it's being empathetic and meeting her where she is at. So you can get that authentic exchange from her. So empathy is key. And so in leadership, you have to really learn and understand your people. And there isn't a one size fit all because what works for Daisy might not work for Michelle. It might not work for Jane. So leadership is about people learning who it is you're leading and meeting them where they're at. Love that. Desi, is that the technique that you would describe or do you have maybe something else that you would employ to bring the two generations together? I mean, I think with all of our answers, I would add, we've, we're adding them together here. So the addition I would add is playing off of the authenticity piece is that when you allow for more space for to hear, let's say younger generations as an older person, you're actually allowing more space to be made for yourself as a person and for you to be heard and to be seen and to be felt and to be in community. Um, and I would say vulnerability is super important too, right? I think it's easy to get older and clam up and not want to open up kind of like you said earlier. And that is detrimental for any sort of relationship, regardless of how old the other person is and regardless of how wise the other person is. We're not going to learn anything from anyone else if our, we go into it with a cup being full. We have to have a little space in our cup to be poured into by other people. And that takes humility, that takes vulnerability, that means putting yourself aside a little bit. And what I think you'll find if we're speaking from an older perspective is that people will lean into that when we're younger, like to have an older person reach out to me like James, like Rachel, like that, and just be open and be kind and make space for me. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing because the world is hard and I don't want any closed doors. I want open doors and that's what we can do for each other. Wow. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey man, just like I always call her the young doctor, young professor. <laughs> I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think we got about two minutes before we take the break, but uh, uh, this is for you, uh, Rachel. Uh, we have uh, practitioners from everywhere, you know, in the, in the world. Uh, what is a global village and why is it important now than ever? So the global village is the whole world. And that's when you begin to look at everybody on every single continent and every single country as a human being, not as a black person or a white person or a Filipino or Chinese or Asian. Look at them as that. And technology has made the world so much smaller, so much smaller. And I think about it when I think about my son. I remember when we first got a color television. I remember when there were two TV stations. Okay. I remember when there were no cell phones and you had to dial. Okay. That's all. I remember when I lived in Zimbabwe, my parents packed um, the aerograms. And I've been telling my son about this. Do you remember the aerograms, Michelle, Noah, and Jane? They were pre, pre, um, pre-postage mail because I was a broke student. So, and you would write and you would fold it and lick it and send it and it would take like three weeks to go to the other side of the world, <laughs> right? There was no text messages. There was no internet. I remember when I first got my first computer, my AOL, and I'd hear it dialing, right? So the world is a lot smaller from media, right? Social media. So Desi is aware right now of what's going on in Uganda. You know what I mean? So it is... To answer your question, the global village is the whole world, but the whole world has been made smaller by technology. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, I thought you were uh, predating yourself. <laughs> I, mean, because, <laughs> I mean, I remember all of those things. James and I were just looking at each other across the glass, <laughs> grinning. Hey, but, but no, she's... Uh, you, you, you done met uh, uh, Rachel before. She's a young lady. And I'm uh, talking, uh, talking about the dial tone on AOL and, 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 and uh, the uh, uh, color television. You know, when sometimes I want to go out. back to the rotary, JC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you, what I want to do, Noel, is take a station break, save that minute, uh, so we can come back and just, uh, just delve into this uh, last segment because... It's exciting. And if you want to be part of this conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we are offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contributions. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life listening audience. We've got a great show today. The title is The Importance of Intergenerational Relationships. And we've got Desi and Rachel here on the show. And listening audience, if you want to be part of the show, please call in at 1-888-344-1170. 1-888-344-1170. You know, I want to mention something about Black History Month, you know, we're, we're celebrating it. And um, I had a question about, you know, why we're celebrating the month of February. So Gordon Godwin Woodson is credited with beginning Black History Month, has been called the father of black history. In February 1926, he launched the celebration of Negro History Week, the precursor of Black History Month. According to Woodson, setting the week aside had a dual purpose of giving black Americans a history to be proud of and to ensure that the overlooked role of black people in American history was acknowledged. And um, James, what, what, what Rachel, you, you, Desi? You had mentioned something mm-hmm. that... Uh, uh, it started uh, between that time. Yeah, with, it's it's really significant with the birthday. So a lot of people think, oh, Black History Month got the shortest month of the year. It's really because both Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln's birthdays are in February, and they wanted to sell, celebrate the week between those. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, Dad, do you want to add anything to that? Oh, I mean, Rich, I mean, not Dan, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm getting carried away know, with we, all this we history. We look alike. We look alike. I, 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 I'm getting carried away with this history. So, uh, Rachel, what is what? What is your thoughts on that? I, I cannot hear Rachel. I think her volume went down. Oh, sorry. Carter <laughs> Woodson. His, uh, Carter Woodson. He kept saying he called it Black History. He wanted, he just wanted black people inserted in history. So it's history. So we celebrate Black History Month, but that's because we were not included in history when it was written. So it was just inserting us. And he chose February, like Desi said, because of Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And, you know, so it's because of that. So it's just getting Getting our flowers, as the young children say, right? Getting our flowers, right, Desi? Did I say that you right? You got it. Get those flowers. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, uh, I know, man, I, I'm telling you, I, a lot of this stuff, I, I'm, I'm just learning. Uh, well, and tonight. that's why I like what you said at the beginning of the show, where we should talk about something different every day because there's so much to learn. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that. And uh, I tell you, I'm going to delve off into that 28-day. 20, uh, uh, I think we all should. It's <laughs> a good one. You know, and Noah, you, you got the first question. Bring us back. Well, I know we were going to save this for the end of the show. I mean, we're almost there, but maybe they can both guests relate it to what we've been talking about today with the intergenerational topic. Desi, what do you believe the purpose of life is? Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> no pressure. That's uh, <laughs> really good. No, honestly, honestly, I believe that we are here to influence and impact others in a positive way. I think that we have social responsibility to each other. I think that we're tested about how we navigate with each other. I think maturity is learning how to be a better person and in relationship to other people. Um, I think that we end up learning that becomes less and less about ourselves and more and more about the social good and love that we can put out into the world. Um, so as far as the purpose of life, this big question, I hope everyone has a different answer to it. But um, yeah, just in general, we just have to love on each other. We just have to love on each other really, really hard. And because uh, that's the, the impact that we're going to have. Yeah. Despite the differences, actually, you know, really because of the differences, because it's it's really easy to love someone exactly like me. It's really hard to love someone completely different from me. And that's, that's the mission. That's the challenge. I love that. Rachel, what would you add to that? I would, I would say everything that Desi said, but with age, um, I learned that for me, it's for me to be the best version of myself. So even when I'm talking with Desi, I always encourage her to be the best version of herself because if she is the best version of herself, it spreads out to, to the global village. So it begins with, with you. And I know that when I was younger, I was all about people on the outside, treat others the way you want to be treated and, and all those things. But really it begins with me. If I treat myself good and I love myself, I respect myself. I'm going to respect another person too. So everything Desi said and that. Both great answers. I, I want to add a little bit to that uh, purpose of life. Uh, I see things uh, just like what you all just said, but I believe that uh, we are all born uh, on this earth and we have to choose uh, between what's right and what's wrong. And we have to choose between um, which direction we we go in, and I think we spend our whole life trying to figure that out. When it's simple, uh, we all are created, I believe, <laughs> equally. Uh, we all bleed the same. If you got cut or whatever that is, I mean, you have to have nourishment. So I believe the purpose of life is to understand that as quickly as possible, and that's where wisdom, I believe, comes from. A lot of times it takes us to be an old, 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 old person uh, to learn. But I believe wisdom can come at a very, very young age because it's called understanding. And as soon as you understand that it's all about love, not hate, the sooner we get there. And JC, real quickly to piggyback off that, that's where, again, if we start listening more, you'll get there at a much younger age. Absolutely. I was going to add to that, Noah, about the listening, you know, where I think we are doing ourselves a disservice. You know, it's always good to really listen to when people talk to you, even though your ideas may be different. You can always learn from everybody, even if you may not agree something that one thing they said in that five minute um, conversation may strike you. You may have a different way of seeing things. So, so it's well always said. important to open up your mind and not rush to make your point. You'll make your point afterwards, but really listen to what people are saying, even if it's different from everything that you were brought up to believe or currently believe. And you just make your own decision, but it's good to just embrace and hear what people are saying. Absolutely. Now, we, we, we're down to the last couple of minutes of the show, uh, but I want to ask these two young ladies uh, exactly what they're working on right now. 30 seconds. I know you, you, you're doing so many great things, and you are too, Rachel. Can you tell our listening audience in 30 seconds? I'll start with you, Desi. What are you working on? What are you currently working on right now? So with my new role, I'm really focused on new partnerships. And whatever that looks like with collaboration or for 
funding opportunities for our organization or writing or speaking or whatever that is. Um, I'm Tell them what your organization is called. For Ideas Generation, ideasgeneration.org um, <laughs> if you're looking it up. <laughs> and, and, and Rachel, you uh, 30 seconds or less. I, I know that you're an extremely busy young lady. I'm working on uh, work-life balance or work-life blend because I am trying to swing into the middle where I focus on, yes, still being a provider, but being present for my parents and for my son. Because I'm sandwich generation. I live with my son and my mom. Wow. So that's what I'm working on, balance. It's all about work, work-life balance. And uh, I, I just want to thank both of you all so much for coming on the show. We got to do part two. We got to do part two. I need an amen right now. Can we do part two? Get an amen from amen. me. Amen. Here for it. <laughs> only, only if you take us out for for an early dinner like you did Noah. I, I, I don't have lunch. a problem in doing that. The I don't, I don't have a problem in doing that. I tell you what, I want to thank these two great young ladies for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. I'd like to thank my great co-host, Michelle Cooley, for always being here doing the heavy lifting. I'd like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for tuning in to the James Cooley Show. We got a lot of things coming up. Listen to the audience, so just stay tuned. Uh, you know, expansion, everything. So uh, I tell you, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. You know, uh, just like what they these two young ladies said it's all about love not hate it's all about like Noah said you gotta listen a little bit you gotta listen a little bit to understand remember it's your life I'm James Cooley we'll be back tomorrow same time same place it's your life I'm James Cooley thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.